hey there, ready to not just live and grind it out, but thrive in both your professional and personal life? Let's co-create that journey together. Here are three options. One, engage in thought-provoking conversations at our exclusive dinner party. Two, join Dare to Lead, my upcoming group coaching program, kicking off this fall. Three, or opt for personalized private coaching for a deep transformational journey. Don't just work, thrive. With meaningful work and personal fulfillment woven together, we'll create a life that feels as good on the inside as it looks on the outside. Ready to take the leap? Check the show notes for more. Can't wait to work with you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide Hello and welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Hello, hello, hello. I am back from, <laughs> I can't call it a vacation. I still don't know how to call it. It was the swirl event of work, family, and travel abroad. And we were gone for about 18 days and we were in New Zealand. And today I'm going to talk about when you know what to do and don't do it, because this trip of mine was exactly that. Lots of key learnings, lots of key learnings. And of course, you know, when I got back, all my clients, they want to know about my trip. So this makes it easier versus taking their time to share. They can learn a lot of my key learnings over the last month. And especially when I already knew some of the stuff. So here's the deal. This trip was a bit of client work and it was a trip of a mix of work and holiday. And I knew going in there was a bit of an issue because it wasn't quite clear. And July was so much and I didn't have much space. And so those of you who like to shit on yourselves and be like, oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. At some point, our brain runs out of capacity <laughs> and we can't make decisions that we would think would be simple decisions. And then when you're traveling to a new country and not knowing exactly where you're going to go in the country, that makes it even more complex, right? So I think we left the U.S., with only maybe the first we landed on the third we left here. And so it was only the first few days that we knew where we were going to stay. And the rest of the time we didn't. And I was, I was a bit anxious, but I didn't have capacity. I didn't know things weren't quite clear. There was many people involved. And so it was like your basic shit show. And then it was the swirl of there was work to do there. There was remote work that needed to get done. And again, going back to how I went into it, I was overwhelmed and exhausted. And I was traveling with my family. And there were times that I thought if I didn't have plane tickets already to New Zealand, I wouldn't be going. And even before I bought those plane tickets, I really tried to convince my family to stay in California. 
but there was also some commitments I had over there to do for work anyway. So it was what it was. And oftentimes you hear me say, I live an amazing life and there are shit shows everywhere. And I want to reiterate that because it's so important because I think we get into this, not that I think, my experience as a coach, my experience as a leader on the Aqua Monsters with decades upon decades upon decades of working with people, we constantly strive for this magical thinking of like, oh, once I figure all this stuff out, I'm going to get there and it's not going to be, I'm not going to have these shit shows and it's just going to be this amazing life. There's always the tension of the shit shows, right? And there's, (laughs) life is messy. And so I knew going in that this was a swirl and I kept, you know, and I coached clients about like, okay, what do you want from this trip? What is your intention? And I kept asking myself that. And I worked with my own coach about that and trying to get clear. And there was, there was also stuff that I wanted to get done in my own business, but didn't have the space for at home when I was here thought, oh, I can put it there. And that's an old habit. I think that I'm going to put that onto when I was a student athlete and thinking like, oh, when we travel, I had this magical thinking, these stealth expectations of like, I'll be able to race at this level that, you know, with a lot of intensity and be with my teammates and not have a whole lot of space. And yes, I'll be able to catch up on my homework. That's what good students do. Big lie. There's not that kind of space to do that. There may be some downtime, but often it's napping. Often it's just allowing that space to occur so that we can then have the energy to go out and race. So I I knew what to do and I didn't do it. (laughs) So I want to time out for a second because my younger version of myself, you know, thought that this kind of a trip of having the swirl of client work, you know, a mix of work and holiday and family, like that was the ideal of being an entrepreneur. I can work remotely. I can travel. I can be with my family. Isn't that fantastic? And often that's what we get sold about entrepreneurship. Isn't this great? You get to be your own boss. You get to do this. There's also some downsides because it's that juggling and trying to do it all. And, you know, this has been my lifelong quest for a really long time of how do we really do it? And how do we juggle all these different responsibilities and priorities in our lives? And the solution that I remember when I first came into being an entrepreneur was, isn't this great? You get to be an entrepreneur and be your own boss and you can travel and work. And what I've shifted towards is it's really important to have downtime and time away from the work and let your brain rest and let your brain clear. And that wasn't really this whole trip, right? Because there were different versions. So my 51-year-old self knows that that whole swirl, that work remote, travel, be with family, a saying from an old boss of mine was burning the candle at both ends. I really hated that when he would say that to me in my 20s. But there's that idea of like, okay, I'm just not going to sleep. Well, the good news is I did sleep while I was away and for the most part had pretty good sleep. I also know as my 51-year-old self, I need breaks. And so that's not what this trip was, right? And there were some old patterns that showed up. So here's the thing. Let's see. Let's talk about what do I know? So since 2009, our family has been going on family vacations, And before that, it would be like either they were swimming related, there was that whole swirl, or we'd go to Disneyland. But then in 2009, we started our trek of the national parks and then what turned into Montana 
for over a decade. And, you know, we would do this and we would visit. It'd be a road trip. We go to the Pacific Northwest. We go to Oregon, Portland, Seattle, went up to Vancouver. And then one year, Vancouver Island, maybe a couple times. We've been down to Zion, Grand Canyon, Utah, Wyoming, right? We've, we've explored a lot of our country with it going to the destination of Montana and many places in between. And every year we did these trips, I would learn. And initially it was about learning how to take a vacation where there wasn't a swimming pool because that had been so much of it. It was not allowing myself to take vacations. So I've come a long way since 2009 where it's like, no, this is something that we do. We do take vacations. And a lot of times, even the Disneyland trips, I remember working for them because that's what I used to believe high performers do, high achievers do is you you get stuff done, right? Because I didn't a lot believe in creating space because that wouldn't be being all in. But I learned that vacations were important and stepping away from pools or work was really important. Then the other aspect that I had to learn or that I chose to learn was I had this internal desire to have the house totally clean and organized before I left, which is another version of perfect, right? Like there had to be this perfection and I would leave on our trip totally depleted and exhausted because of that extra adrenaline push of making sure everything was clean and organized. I would stay up really, really late to get it all done because I had all these magical expectations of what it should look like and what it needed to be. It was learning how to let go of that stuff, right? And those were, there were things. So I had key learnings afterwards of like, oh, I actually need to go into vacation rested, not go to vacation to rest, but go into vacation rested. And I've talked about it here and we'll put the link in the show notes of the other show that I did a long time ago about tapering into vacation and really resting going into vacation and how that was really important because I remember like for maybe two or three years, I would get to Montana and we'd finally get to my girlfriend's house and there would be a day where I would sleep for like 12 or 13 hours and I never would sleep for that long, but I would be so exhausted. I couldn't, I just would sleep. And then I'd be mad and frustrated that I lost a day of vacation. And I realized, I'm like, oh, what are the things that I'm doing that set me up to do that here? And it was making sure the house was totally clean, making sure my office was spotless, getting rid of any clutter, right? Getting that all perfect. Also, on top of that was I was already depleted. Coming off the summer, I was already exhausted. So learning how to taper into vacation so I wouldn't lose that day sleeping. And then the last probably five years, it's been learning to not work while I'm gone. We're really learning to take time away. And I would see this with my clients, right? Where a lot of us, we've all done a lot of heavy lifting, especially like during COVID and and not because the, the boundaries were so less with working and not working and most people working at home that the last few years I've really been encouraging clients like to step away. And there's a lot of research that shows us like, let's not be connected to our email. Allow your brain to rest from being connected to other people and responsibilities. And not everybody has this privilege to do this. And I understand that. And a lot of us also don't give it to ourselves right? We, we say, no, we have to do it this way. And so the last, I don't know, five years or so, it's really been about learning to 
not work while I'm gone and creating those boundaries and practicing those. And that became really important because in some ways it was being an example to my own clients. And that leads to like learning to protect your time so that you can enjoy and be present, right? Which is an ongoing practice. I don't think we arrive there and we're like, oh, I'm always here. It's an ongoing practice, right? And then the other things that, you know, for me to learn over the years is I love to go zip lining. I felt that I needed to be a part of every adventure that my family went on. Well, most every adventure, maybe not the 16 mile hike, but every adventure, zip lining, whatever it was, white water rafting, I was, I was always going to be there. And then there was one year what I got it signed up to go zip lining. I chose it, got the most amount of zip lines because of course that's the best value and realized that my fear of heights had gotten worse and it took us forever. And so now one of the things that I did not do in New Zealand, because I'm very aware, I don't zipline anymore. It's okay. I'm fine with it. That is not something that delights me. And it's not an area that I want to put my own energy into overcoming that fear. Right? It's just not something I don't need that type of adventure anymore. So I've learned that's one of the things that I do know <laughs> what to do in terms of what doesn't work for me is ziplining. And you know, we've also learned with our family and there's this relearning of what, how our family does best. And we, we were clear about this going to our Korea trip with an extended family is, you know, having a plan the night before for the next day, starting our day and then having some downtime later in the day. So getting out and then coming back and having downtime tends to work really well versus some families may like to have a late night and a slow start. Our family's the other way. There's not a judgment of right or wrong. It's about having the self-awareness of what works for you as a collective. And for our family, one of the things is no different than when they were little, you know, your kids, like at one or two, we oftentimes needed to get out of the house and needed to move, needed to see sunshine, needed to be outside and touching dirt or playing in parks. My family does best when they move first thing in the day. So it was remembering these things as well. I've over the last, this is 2023. So over the last 14 years, I've learned a lot about how to do family trips, working, working remotely, what works for us, what doesn't work for us. And I've had systems developed and practices. And here's the thing, you all, a lot of them went out the door this year in 2023. And I really watched this all in fascination going, huh, I know that I need to come into vacation well-rested, especially a big trip, like going to New Zealand where it's a really long flight. I knew that. And I wasn't well-rested. I didn't taper. And there wasn't space to taper. Like I was on a plane. I had so many work trips that were going on and back-to-back meetings and supporting my clients. It was really, really full. And that's what it was. And this is part of what happens of being an adult and being a leader of our life, right? Sometimes things happen. And what I noticed at the end of July I was tremendously overwhelmed. And here I want to give you an example so that you can look into your own life of what are the signs when you are overwhelmed. And when we're overwhelmed, Brene talks about this in Alice of the Heart, when we're overwhelmed, basically we're blown, like our fuses are blown and we there's not anything that else that we can really do. 
And so at the end of July, the signs for me to be overwhelmed was when I lose things, right? And I mean, I lost rental car keys, I lost sunglasses, and I lost my hydro flask. And one of the things that if you know me, (laughs) I'm always going about when I go places, I've always got a hydro flask in hand, right? And sunglasses, when I lost the sunglasses, I remember I was talking to some of the my friends later, and I said, did you see the, my sunglasses? And they, they, they said, we saw you take them off. They were in your hand. I just lost them. I don't know what happened to them. And I lost the rental car keys. And I remember being in this panic because we were going to dinner and I wanted to go have dinner. I didn't want to miss out on being with some friends and some parents that I knew. And also was like, what do you do when you lose your rental car keys? Like, what is that going to involve? And What's the strife? And about 30 minutes after looking around, I found them. I left them on a stone wall where we had been standing around talking. Couldn't find my sunglasses, couldn't find my water bottle. And I left and I went, okay, I lost that. Within 24 hours, I found everything. So I did find it all. I remember thinking, oh, I'm overwhelmed. For me to lose something like that, I'm overwhelmed. Those are like my three key things, keys, sunglasses, and water bottle. I always, when I'm out and about, those are things I have in my hand. I'm overwhelmed. So we can have these myths of like, hey, if we have a well-planned life and we have boundaries and we have systems in place, that things fall into place and we have the capacity. But that's actually not so because, and it's definitely not my case, right? I had a plans laid out. I thought I had time and I didn't realize there was this that I was getting to the place of overwhelmed. I had plans. I knew it was going to be tight. And, you know, maybe I over-evaluated. I don't want to say judged. I over-evaluated my capacity and, and looked at like, just because it fit on the calendar, but it didn't really fit in my internal energy system. And then the other thing that happened on top of all that is there was this work opportunity. And that was probably leading to some of my overwhelm because I was trying to figure out how to do it. And the thing about opportunities is sometimes they don't come at the best times. They don't come in where they fit really well, but the values of it really align. And that's where I had to get really clear on. And so I was spending a lot of time and mental energy and emotions trying to figure out how does this work? Do I want to be a part of it? Do I not? And also knowing that I was going to be leaving the country and I needed to negotiate it, get it all signed up so that when I came back, we were ready to get started on it. So there was a lot going on. And in life, sometimes it doesn't happen. I mean, I can't tell you how often I said, well, if I didn't have tickets to New Zealand, I would just stay and work, which was not a good boundary to have beginning because I also needed time away. Right. So as I share this story with you, my invitation for you is to think about where does this start to open up things about how you may do things in your own life or what may be your fallbacks? Like, right, what is the narrative that goes on in your own head? So before even going on this swirl of a trip without really good boundaries of what was it going to be and what did I want from it? What were my intentions? I was already going into this trip exhausted, overwhelmed and overworked, (laughs) which is not where I want my clients to be, not where I want you to be, not where I want to be. And I know better. And I did it. And then going into vacation, or whatever it was, this work trip vacation, you know, it was the swirl, the swirl workation, I guess workation is what I could call it, is I didn't have boundaries of not working. 
right? I worked there. And then I also did some more remote work as well. Some of it in bits and pieces. And then one day I finally said, okay, I need to block off this time and just really go in so that I can get this done and then give myself permission to be done until I got back. And that's what I did. I was noticing just some frustration inside of me and probably anxiety now that I think about it. Cause I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is happening and what am I going to do? And what choices do I want to make? And there was a lack of clarity around it. And so finally being able to say, okay, I'm going to take this one day and go through and get a lot of stuff done. And then the rest can be paused until I get back. That helped with the clarity. And, you know, I could have beaten myself up and been like, well, Corinne, you're just a fraud. You're an imposter right? You coach on this all day long with your clients. It's so important to take time away. And I know that there's research around that. And I didn't. And work opportunities came right before, right? And then there were things that because of outside circumstances of when things closed, there was some work to be done, right? These are less than ideal worlds. And oftentimes I can create systems or I can have people there to oversee that. And I definitely did that last summer. This summer, that wasn't the case. So instead of beating myself up or judging myself, I I just noticed, I noticed like, oh, my habits aren't here or my systems and practice to this trip that I learned over the years. They're not here. Like, okay. So here's the thing. The reason I wanted to share this with you is the big win of the trip is not that I like have done what I've always known how to do or what I've learned how to do over the last 14 years. The big win of the trip is I didn't beat myself up. My clients are constantly beating themselves up. They're constantly judging themselves. I know that we are, it's very ingrained in our cultural programming to do that. We're constantly judging ourselves, and that is the fastest way to burn out, right? It's really hard to sustain the responsibilities that we have when we do that. It's taking me a long time to develop this because I was really good at judging and I really learned how to be more self-compassionate. Doesn't mean that I cherry pick or I don't own my parts. You know, I do. Like I talked about, it's yes, there were circumstances. Yes, there were choices. I could have said no to the work responsibilities. I could have said no to the work travel, right? There are lots of things that I chose to do. And I will definitely take a lot of that into the grant and into next summer's planning of scheduling of what I need. And there's going to be continued learning. But the big thing that I did is I didn't beat myself. And here's why that's so important. I used to have a pattern of when things didn't go the way I think they should have, right? Like, oh, I should be here on rest and restoration, right? And then I would rebel into indulgence. And so decades ago, like if I had a bad day or a bad trip, it'd be like, well, you know, I really deserve this. So I'm going to, I deserve to have downtime. I've had a really hard summer. I deserve to have downtime. So that gives me permission to, you know, indulge in food or buying things or whatever. Right. And because I didn't beat myself up because I realized like, oh, this isn't going the way that I've worked on creating this new habit of over the last five years. And I realize I'm frustrated. I realize I have some anxiety about when I'm going to work, when I'm not going to work. Am I going to have rest? Am I going to come out of this trip rested and restored? Right. Am I going to come out of this trip creating, you know, memories and creating an experience of a lifetime? Because that's like my new theme in 2023 is 
when I go about out about is creating experiences of a lifetime. I mean, that's part of like going to a new country, right? But not having to do it perfectly. So I didn't beat myself up. I didn't rebel, even though I felt this lack of clarity and internal frustration and realization that I had not done things well this time. And instead, what I really felt was empathy and compassion for myself. That's, that's what this is all about. You know, it was compassion of like, oh, yeah, I broke some boundaries. <laughs> I'm working. Things aren't really clear. There's empathy, right? The perspective taking of it all, of what got me into that point and, and like, what are the choices that I made? What are the circumstances of my life, maybe in the previous six weeks? And not judging myself. So that, my friend, is the big win. Yes, I know what to do and I can talk about all the right things to do, right? All the quote, good things to do. And I didn't do it. Not all of it. And some of it was on me not even having the capacity to come in well rested. Some of it was here were certain timelines and opportunities. And I made the choice to continue to pursue them, even though that there was already a long day of work. And then having a meeting and negotiating an opportunity, I made that deliberate choice. So there's circumstances and I made a deliberate choice about them. I have a client who used to have a story of when she would revert back to doing past behaviors that she would say, call it falling down the rabbit hole. And she'd often feel hopeless and she'd beat herself up and be like, oh, I've fallen down the damn rabbit hole. What the hell's wrong with me? Right. There's no rabbit hole one. That's a metaphor. And yes, I knew what to do. I had strategies and plans and practices and all of that. And I didn't follow them all. Right. And it also became that was my falling down moments. And it became an opportunity because I practiced. I had a choice. Do I beat myself up and start shooting on myself? Or do I say, oh, yes, that's right. I taper into things. Oh, yes. That's right. I like to give my brain space to explore. So here's the thing is that I had all those emotions and I had frustrations and I did work and there are parts of the work that I love to do. And then there was, you know, some of that remote work that I did. Oh, you know, it's not my favorite work to do it to begin with, but I did it. And in the end, I can come back now and share with you And I thought this on the trip too. So I'm not saying that, oh, I'm just thinking this now. But in the end, the trip was a good one, right? It was not ideal. It was not all rest and restoration. Like it has been the last couple of years. But even last year when I went, we went to Maine, you know, there were shit shows, right? There were like family shit shows about an e-bike and not an e-bike and all of that. And I also did have rest and I had restoration. And it was great when my family would leave and go to the pool and I would get to be in the house by myself and have coffee and I get to do my melt method and I get to work out and I get to look at the hills or more depending on where we were or, or the lake or, you know, look out at the ocean. So like there were beautiful things that I got to experience. And then there's the shit shows of traveling with family. So while I did not go in tapered, while I didn't have clear boundaries about work and rest and restoration, I truly did the best I could with the given circumstances of all the choices that I made, right? My summer calendar, my work travels, the work opportunity, and my family. And that's the truth of it. There were some great reminders. 
And in some ways it was a great experiment because even though I knew what to do and I didn't do it going in and I could have beaten myself up, but I didn't. And that's where the great experiment was. And to wrap up, because there's so much that, so there's, there's the old things of knowing what to do and not doing it. But then here's some cool tidbits about learning new things, right? Or doing things really well. So normally, like we, we decided we we're going to use Airbnbs this time around. And we didn't have a clear, like we had an Airbnb for what, three or four days in the beginning. So we didn't have a clear, like, are we going to go out to eat? My preference is because I don't like to cook. I'd rather go out to eat. But we wound up getting into this habit of eating in the Airbnbs. At first, it was going to be, oh, it's equitable. Like, right, this is what we know what to do of, oh, everybody takes a turn and we work in teams and we take a turn and whoever cooks, then the other party cleans. And I realized really quickly that was going to present some problems. <laughs> right. And there's two people that like to cook in our family and there's two people that don't. And one of them is me and one's my youngest daughter. And the other thing that happens when, for some reason, when we're in countries where we drive on what we Americans think is the wrong side of the road, my family has designated the driver. And so, you know, we got to New Zealand and my daughters both said, mom, remember, you're the driver for this trip. You drive better than dad. And so I started driving and then my youngest daughter's a really good navigator, just one of her strengths. And so all of a sudden I realized, I'm like, hey, why aren't we playing to our strengths? You two like to cook and can cook and I will be driving and my youngest will be navigating. We're going to use a lot. And there's a lot of brain juice that goes on when it's out of your normal practice. And so, and then you guys can cook and we'll drive. And that will be like, you know, kind of our duties as a family. And my oldest daughter is a phenomenal cook. We had some of the best meals, like the salmon that she made is to die for. Right. And when you're transitioning to different Airbnbs, you're limited to what they have or not knowing the ovens and not having skill sets. And my husband kept talking about like, wow, she's really amazing. And it's so hard because we we were lacking these tools or we had this lacking of this practice or understanding. And it was fantastic because those weren't realms that I had to go into. And I would have like lost my shit, right? Having to deal with that. But we worked within our strengths. So there were things that I know what to do and I didn't do it. And there were things we didn't even have a, a way of doing it at practice, right? That, and we pivoted to doing it off of our strengths instead of our old way of equality. So here's the thing. As we are all leaders of our lives and as well as being connected to others, when you find yourself knowing what to do and not doing it, my invitation to you is to feel empathy for yourself. We want to beat ourselves up, judge ourselves. And then what happens is a shame storm, right? And instead, and maybe you start down that path, but instead lean into empathy, take perspective of what is going on. Feel your feelings, right? I was not feeling great feelings. I was really frustrated. I was like, oh, and I wasn't clear about what I really wanted from it. And then there was all these different things that I had responsibilities for, and I wasn't willing just to toss it aside, right? And there were commitments that I made. So there was a lot of that. But when I could lean into empathy and compassion, I was able to enjoy it. And we had quite the experiences. We got to see a World Cup game, you know, I had a client that went with us and that was a lot of fun. And she got to meet my family. 
We, we went to a rugby match that our Airbnb host gave us tickets for, you know, and I thought about leaving after the halftime because it was like 14 to 34 and it was cold. And I was like, well, maybe we can leave. In the last 10 minutes, the Magpies won. It was incredible. It was awesome. I didn't really understand what I was watching, but I did know when they would score. And that was fun. There were lots of different adventures and things that we did. And we went on a bike ride and that was great. And I learned from my e-bike last year that I rent an e-bike and my family does not. And that's all okay. So there were, there was learnings and there was also old practices that I had really learned that I let go of this year, but I didn't beat myself up. I didn't judge myself. Give yourself perspective and compassion. Look for key learnings instead of beating yourself up that you are a fraud or a failure or an imposter right? Because you're not doing what you know. Life is messy and it's glorious. And it often happens on the same time. There'd be days that would just be delightful and there'd be days that would be hard, right? That's why I always talk about living an amazing life and having shit shows everywhere. And just because we know what to do does not mean we will always do it. That's unrealistic. And that's also a sneaky version of perfectionism. And remember, perfectionism is the birthplace of shame. That's one of the things that Brene Brown has taught us is perfectionism is the birthplace of shame. We have enough shame. We don't need to dial up more, right? And we need to let go of this perfectionism in our ideology of how we're supposed to be because we all have enough shame. And instead, we need more self-compassion and empathy. And that means owning our responsibilities, all of them right? Like I didn't sit here and say, oh, I was glorious at this, or I'm not at that and had blind spots. I really encompass it all. So I really own, you know, here are my strengths. Here's what I've done well. You know, here's where I know better. Like I know to taper in, you know, I know to have clear intentions about going on a trip and what do I want from it. And life sometimes doesn't have that clarity. And I was overwhelmed in July and I know that overscheduling myself is not a great thing. And I made some decisions not realizing that it was going to leave me depleted. Life is an experiment. We're constantly testing and we're also looking at this season of life. What is it that we need and what can we learn from? All right, my friend. So when you know what to do and don't do it, the answer is don't judge yourself. Instead, have understanding, have compassion, have empathy. Look for key learnings. Own your parts. All right, my friend, I'm smiling big for you. Hey there. You know, coaching is a term you're hearing a lot these days. But let's be real. Good coaching, the kind that truly changes lives, is more than a buzzword. Imagine your favorite sports team without their coach. Hard to picture, right? A coach is someone who sees their blind spots, pushes them forward, to perform better and help them achieve their goals. And above all, is always there to support them. And that's what I aim to be for you in your journey. But here's the thing. It's not just about advancing your career. It's about living in integration where the work you do is not only rewarding, but deeply meaningful. It's about fostering loving, connected relationships, not only with others, but also with yourselves as you do your meaningful work in your life. 
It's not about splitting your time perfectly between work and life because life in all its wonderful underpredictability doesn't work that way. It's about weaving your professional and personal life together in a way that each one enriches the other, allowing you to thrive in all the areas of your life. Here's how we can kickstart this transformative journey. One, dinner parties. Imagine an evening filled with fantastic food, thought-provoking conversation, and people who are on the same journey as you. We'll share stories, learn from each other, and of course, have a lot of fun and connection. Interested? Let us know where you'd like us to host one. You can fill out the form linked in the show notes. Two, if you prefer a group environment, join one of my group coaching programs. My upcoming one is Dare to Lead, starting this fall. It's an amazing way to grow surrounded by folks who share similar challenges and aspirations as you while they're pursuing to unlock their leadership potential. Three, for more tailored experience, we can dive deep with private one-on-one coaching. This is a chance for you to focus purely on your journey, your goals, your struggles, and your growth. So three opportunities, one goal, thriving in a life where meaningful work and personal fulfillment are interwoven seamlessly into your life. Ready to take the next step? All the details are in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter for updates. Remember, growth isn't just about work. It's about creating a life that feels good on the inside, not one that just looks good on the outside. So let's do this. Can't wait to work with you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.